welcome to No No Ordinary Ordinary Women, Women. the podcast where two ordinary broads chat about unordinary women, the good, the bad, and the batshit crazy. We're back, you all. This is episode... Oh, my God. I'll never be able to keep track. Yeah. I'm not sure. Anyway, we're in season one. (laughs) And we we are happy. We are unfortunately not in our studio. I did take a picture, take some pictures today of our Jalopy studio, which is my bedroom, which also has two mattresses in it right now because I'm in the process of changing out my bed in my guest bedroom. So the two mattresses are up against the wall, just helping with the sound barrier, the sound like absorption in this room. (laughs) Um, John promised me he would. Mate, did he promise? He said he would. Who's John? Who's John? My John. I have a John. You didn't know that? John? (laughs) (laughs) No, my boyfriend. He's so sweet. Um, So he is, he, funny, Rose, I, we started dating this past year and he does room acoustics for a living. I know. How old? Shazam. How old? I said, how nice is that? It is really nice. So he's helping us get the studio together. Um, and so that'll happen this weekend. So our next episode. That's what she said last weekend. But, that is what know, I said last weekend. But I'm going to keep reminding him every day. He doesn't live here. He lives a couple hours away. So um, he can't just run home and get that yeah. stuff. So anyway, so we will be in our official studio. And I'll take some pictures of, of this studio, which is a GD train wreck. And then I'll take pictures in our other studio. Uh, which is going to be very nice and cozy. So exciting. Yeah. So how was your week, Rose? Oh, it's only Tuesday. It's only Tuesday, but it It feels feels like like it's like, should be Friday. (laughs) I feel like it should be at least Thursday, I I swear. This has been like the longest day ever. 100% a long day. I'm ready to go home and crash. Yeah. But um, I've actually been looking forward all day to coming here and having Uh a drink. Because you see me. And seeing you. Of course. And having a cocktail. And having a cocktail. Do you want to talk about what cocktail we're yeah, having? Yeah, what are we having tonight? We're doing a... This is... So this is... What was that? Something just fell. It's probably something on my dresser that's covered up by the blanket to absorb sound that <laughs> fell. Most likely an earring that I'll never find again. So I'll have to try and remember to look for that later. Because, again, like I said, my room is a mess. But it is what it is. Um, so we are just drinking just a simple cocktail today because it's not our normal recording day. We are drinking just vodka, uh, homemade soda water with my soda stream. Maybe they'll maybe they'll sponsor us, Rose. Soda stream? Are soda they stream. still in business? What? Yeah. Really? Oh, I didn't know that. I love, love my soda stream. So anyway, so just homemade seltzer with um, just some of the... The Mio Mayo, what's it called? The little yeah, the squirty little bottles, squirty bottle. yeah, of strawberry Flavor. watermelon. I didn't even have limes. I was going to squeeze an onion in her drink, and she didn't want me to, so we just went without a lime. <laughs> I did ask for an egg, and she didn't want to put one in. They're fresh eggs. I'm not wasting an egg on you. So yeah, so that's that's pretty much it. We're rocking and rolling and getting ready to do our two next women. Yeah, we're going um, live next week. Next week, I we're hope very you're excited. I hope everyone loved the trailer. Um, we've gotten great feedback on it, and um, we're. We're very excited about the trailer. Uh, it came out. I think it came out great. I think, and yeah, I thought it, it was good. I have to say, Rose, it came out great because you're editing for sure. You're pretty I good am. at that. I'm a professional editor. And so, um, y'all, please bear with me while I try and do the social media aspect because it's it's a struggle. I even took a social media class in college. Um, it was just a 100 level class, so it wasn't very advanced or anything. But I really, really am struggling. <laughs> 
<laughs> my poor son, I ask him the dumbest questions, and he's like, you can't do that? I'm like, no. <laughs> and my my amazing daughter is going to get the web page set up for us. So I have to get yeah. her that information and today. And surprisingly better than me at social media. So Yeah, I asked that? her to share a link on it yesterday, and she's like, how do I do that? I'm like, never mind, I'll just do it myself. <laughs> So, yeah. I got really stressed when you asked me that. I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> I know. And then we do? have, and then we have people like her husband's mother and my mother and my father who couldn't figure out how to listen to the episode. And my mom was pretty easy because she has an iPhone, so I just like sent her the the link um, to the trailer. But my dad has a Samsung, and yeah, so and does... I couldn't even figure out how to tell them how to listen to it on a yeah. Samsung. So I tried. I I googled the directions for a Samsung or for a Google device, right. and um, I posted them on our Facebook page for people who oh, are techno- technologically challenged. Like us. Yeah, like <laughs> us. And so hopefully that helps some people. But my dad was able to listen to it today and he was like, he loved it. Oh, did so he? I was excited. Yeah. That means a lot to me. It. it means a lot to me. So what's he going to yeah. think about our the rest of our podcast? It, he'll, he'll like it. He'll like it. He'll probably say, um, no, he won't say anything. I was thinking he'd say something about the cursing, but he won't. Chris, my mom will. Chris listened to the last, last, Chris is my husband. He listened to the last episode um, that I edited this weekend, and his um, feedback was that Lynn is a hot mess. <laughs> <laughs> I said, Did you need to listen to the podcast to, to know that? To, you should have known that, that already. <laughs> we don't know Lynn's a hot mess. I am a hot mess. Either love <laughs> me or hate me. It's It's me. I'm not changing for anybody, so. And there you have it. Yeah. But um, we love you. So we're going to get started today and wrap right. and get this wrapped I'm up as soon as we first. can before we're too um, inebriated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rose, like first. you have the floor. <laughs> All right. I'm going to make you guess who I'm doing this week. Okay, you ready? Uh, Lizzo. <laughs> You're actually Kim Kardashian. No, did you know she just started a podcast? Did she really? Yeah. Oh, please. About um, prison reform. That's because her freaking ex-husband's getting ready to be in there. If I get any, oh my god! If I have any say in it, he's a freaking mess. He is a lunatic. Yes. I, don't, I he just needs saw to get help. Like I saw who I, I saw a, a brief snippet of Jamie Lee Curtis's interview about that. She said when she read what I read he that, said, I read her article, this and she like physically started crying right. when she read it and she, you know it's just it makes me so sad that one he has these mental issues and two that his kids have to endure this because right, i know they're going to see his episodes because he's in complete denial about right. them and i can't even imagine what it's like for his kids you know oh i mean, i, I mean like it's awful was... hope i mean and, and their and their mom is a good mom as far as i can see but it, their life is anything but normal right and i feel like and then they have to have their dad publicly. Yeah, yeah, saying stuff like that. And you know, story. kids, they get, ugh, I can't. Especially the oldest one is old enough to probably see that stuff. It's so scary. Yeah, it's really sad. I mean, even his nieces and nephews, like her sister's kids and stuff, it just has right, to be so right. upsetting to have, like, that notoriety and, and the, what's the word I'm looking for? The the spotlight on them all the time. I know. It's not fair. It's so. really sad. Okay, I won't guess. Why don't you just tell okay, us? Okay, okay. The Queen of Soul. Who's the Queen of Soul? Oh, um, um, not with. Houston. Um, um, oh my God. What's her name? I can't, <laughs> I can't think of her name. Wait, no, don't tell me. Um, um, R-E-S-P-C-T. Gladys Knight? No, no. no it's, um, who sings that song? Diana Ross? No. no. What's her name? 
Franklin. Oh my God, Aretha Franklin. <laughs> Aretha Franklin. Why could I not think of that? Sorry, he if that was really loud. Everyone. I'm like, what? I'm like, I was, I, I, I saw her it, like, right away. I saw her, but her name wasn't coming to me because her hair is, you know. It's, anyway, go ahead. Gladys Knight. No, it was not Gladys Knight. So Aretha Louise Franklin was born in Mem- Memphis, Tennessee, on March 25th, 1942, to the Reverend Clarence L. Franklin and Barbara Siggers. When Aretha was two years old, her family moved to Detroit, Michigan, where her father became a minister at New Baptist Church. They lived in the parish house on Boston Boulevard and Oakland Avenue, and she was exposed at an early age to such music legends as Art Tatum and Nat King Cole when they visited her father. She grew up with Smokey Robinson in a neighborhood that spawned the four tops, Diana Ross and Jackie Wilson. Aretha always spoke well of her childhood, so not many people knew about her parents' troubled marriage. Her father, who was a nationally known Baptist preacher and civil rights activist, that's going to make you sick, impregnated a 12-year-old at his church. (gasps) What? Her father? Her father. A 12-year-old. So, like, all these articles I read said, oh, he impregnated a teenager, and I'm thinking, like, a 17-year-old. Yeah, because you automatically assume it's, like, 17. so I went digging a little further, and it was a 12-year-old. Oh, my God. And and she had the baby. Like, that's Aretha's sister. And how old was she when this happened? She was... I don't know. She was younger than six. Oh, my God. So then her mother became pregnant with another man's son, Aretha's half-brother, Vaughn. Damn, they weren't messing around. They were swingers. In that 19- was more like, well, yeah, that's, that's like rapist. Yeah, rapist. It's not a swinger, sorry. <laughs> yeah, right. It's not even close to being a swinger. So when she was six, her mom moved and took her little brother with her to Buffalo, New York, and left Aretha and her other children in Detroit with her father. What? Yeah. He had sex with a 12-year-old. Why would you leave your daughter right, with him? Right, right. Oh, my God. I mean, you know, you always look at Aretha and you never thought, like... Well, I mean, she was a freaking powerful woman. Right. Yeah. You didn't, I never even thought about, like, her life beyond singing, really, and she was, she had a fucked up life. So the mo- mom still visited, and they would visit her, but it really broke Aretha's heart. Her sister said, I think mother's move impacted Aretha more than anyone else. She was severely shy and withdrawn child who was especially close to her mother. Aretha and I shared a room, and after mother left, I saw her cry her eyes out for days at a time. Days before those trips to see mother, Aretha would have her little bag packed and be ready to go. Doesn't that break your heart? Chris's dad did that shit to him. Oh my god. I can't imagine as a mother just like... I mean, I'm sure she had her reason, but I, I don't know. Well, I I, I... I wouldn't leave my kids with somebody who... Well, that's true. Raped a 12-year-old. No, that's true. That's what sure. I said to his... When his father, like, would constantly stand him up, and I would say, uh, when uh, one day he'll he'll learn for him, he'll see for himself the truth. Right. So in, instead of, like, instead of, like, feeling satisfied that when he learned the truth that his dad was going to constantly do this to him, I cried with him. Because it was the saddest day. Right. Like, he realized he couldn't depend on him. It broke my freaking I mean, heart. there's no way to, to make that better, you know? Ugh so bad. People are just shitty. So she said, you know, she always knew how her father was and how the women were. Like, she'd see the women in the front pew at the church, like, with their dresses <gasps> like, pulled up. Stop it. And, yeah, like, show, yeah, and flirting with him all the time oh, and gross. basically chasing him. Yeah, and he, so you know, nasty. he slept with all of them. And this was known to all the children. So when she was 10, her mother suddenly died of a heart attack. Oh, no. At the age of 34, I think it was. So. Oh, wow. This, like, broke her heart. I mean, can you imagine? She was already brokenhearted at six. And then four years later, she just dies all of a sudden. That's so sad. Aretha's booking agent, Ruth Bowen, later said, She was a traumatized child. It's one thing to have your mama move out of the house for reasons you don't understand. But it's another to have your mama die from a heart attack 
as a young woman, and it happened just like that. No preparation, no warning. Her father told me after that that he was afraid Aretha wouldn't ever recover. She was unable to talk for weeks. She crawled into a shell and didn't come out until many years later. Without the music, I'm not sure Aretha would have ever found her way out of the, sh- out of the shell. Ugh. So she was extremely shy. Like, you wouldn't ever think that, would you? No, not not at all. Because she was, you know, she was so outgoing. Right. And, yeah. She seemed so outgoing. So her father was a prominent gospel performer in his own right, and his career exposed his daughter to gospel and soul music and to civil rights leaders such as Martin Luther King. So she was around Martin Luther King all the time. Wow. Growing up. Because he was friends with her father. Are you recording for real? You're going to have to edit this out, but I want to make sure you're recording. I am. You promise? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I just thought I'd double check. Yeah, I just checked it a few okay. minutes ago. Well, I was, I was like, like, no, because I was like, what? okay, I didn't want to interrupt you, but I definitely was like, we need to make no, sure. No, it's good. Okay. <laughs> check every once in a while? Yeah, yeah. Wait, you don't want to re-record? No. <laughs> Surrounded by musical talent, Aretha taught herself the piano at age 10 so she could imitate the notes more accurately. She learned tunes by copying the musical house guests and adding her own flourishes. So all these, like, famous people were over there all the time. Oh, my God. And she just, I mean, she was just brilliant, you know? In 1956, at the age of 13, she recorded her first album of gospel music, Songs of Faith, for Chicago's Chess Records. A few years later, she was signed to Columbia Records, but Columbia wanted to classify her as a jazz singer, and she absolutely did not want to be considered a jazz singer. So after seven years, she dropped them and signed with Atlantic Records. During this time, Aretha gave birth to her first child, a son named Clarence, when she was 12 years old. Oh, no. Did you know she had a kid when she was 12? I had no idea. She never publicly shared the identity of Clarence's father. Oh, God. After she had the baby, she dropped out of school, but her dad didn't let her stay home to take care of the child. Instead, he gave the child to her grandmother and recruited Aretha to travel with him and his gospel group on the road, which is so gross to me. I don't like this. Oh, you're not going to go to school. You're going to... Right, travel around with right. me and be m- part because of my... Because you're such a good singer, I'm going to use you. Yeah, to... you're going to be part of my, like, yeah. dog and pony show. Right. You f- freak. So she was gross... Grossed? <laughs> she <laughs> was forced to grow quickly on the road Aww. and was exposed to all kinds of adult behavior that was hard oh, for her to understand as a child. I'm for sure. his religious... It, it wasn't, like, wholesome and religious Yeah, rose? I'm sure it was. Mm. Impregnating 12-year-olds. Fuck her. I mean, Ugh. that's just the one we know about that he impregnated. Oh, you know? yeah. I mean, if we know about one, that, that right. means that there's, yeah, right. obviously. So, I'm sure it was her fault because of what she wore oh, and stuff, sure. though, right? Yeah. She I'm once sure. said that when she was 12, she went back to then 23-year-old Sam Cooke's motel room with him. He was a singer-songwriter. Do you, have you ever heard of him? Sam Cooke? It sounds familiar. It does sound familiar, but I didn't. I looked it I up. I feel like and I'm thinking of someone else, though, when you say Sam Cooke. I feel like I'm thinking of... So, I mean, he could have been yeah. the father. She was 12. Oh, no. When she was 14, she became pregnant again. I mean, I was anything but, like, a wallflower. But at 12 years old, Mm -hmm. I was still, like... Pretty young. Yeah, I was still, like, playing with Barbies. Actually, we weren't allowed to have Barbies. I was playing with the Sunshine family. I wasn't doing that. And I thought... The thought of French um, kissing was probably the most disgusting thing I'd oh, ever really? heard my entire life. I was like, ew, you do what? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't that sheltered, but I was. Oh, so you're already French kissing at 12? I get it, Rose. Yeah, girl. <laughs> I've been French kissing for a long time. <laughs> Until you got married. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> now I'm like, no thanks. <laughs> Had enough of that. Um, so when she was 14, she became pregnant again, mm. having a second son son that she named Eddie. I'm having trouble talking tonight. That's okay. Let me make you another drink. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like Clarence, Eddie was also given to given Aretha's last name and raised primarily by her grandmother. Oh my god, her poor grandmother. I know. I mean, how uh, old was her grandmother? Newsflash to my children that are all listening right now. This is a special report. Special report. I will not be raising your no children. Shit. I will not. Let me repeat. Will not be raising your children. Can you imagine if one of them? Please resume. Oh my god. Program schedule. Pro- program scheduled as whatever. Regularly scheduled programs. So she never, she also never told anyone who this child's father was. Poor so girl. obviously somebody was raping her at this time. Probably that guy, Sam Cook. Mm, I think it might be somebody else, but I'm not going to say I mean, anything. Oh, I know. I was thinking the same thing, but I don't want to go there. Because they never said anything. Like, they always spoke very well about their parents, but I also thought that. So her first marriage was to Ted White, whom she first met at a party inside the family's home in 1954 when she was 12 and he was 23. Oh! When the singer, singer and single mother was in her late teens, she married White and appointed him as her manager in spite of her father's protest. Oh, I bet. You'll like Ted. Ted was a pimp. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> You're like, just like, you think it can't get any worse. No, it's like... <laughs> and pimpy. apparently, oh, a lot of big-time singers had pimps for boyfriends back then because they would protect them. So it was like having a bodyguard. So I have this vision. I, like, have this envision of him right now in my mind. Like, he's, like, like from the Jeffersons and, like, Sanford and Son. Like, he's walking around with a fur coat over his shoulders. And he's got, <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. white shoes yeah, and, like, I'm, a I'm sure that's ruffled exactly tux. Like, that's my what I'm envisioning just from those shows. It was, okay. <laughs> so I'm like, and he's, like, driving a Cadillac and he's walking, like, strutting. You know, yeah, like, that's that's what I'm envisioning. I'm sure he was doing that. Oh, God. Unfortunately, pimps are also known for abusing women, which is yeah. exactly what happened to Aretha. Mine doesn't abuse me. Your pimp? My John. Ted, over the years, Ted became more and more violent and he didn't care who saw him hurt Aretha. Like, he Mm. started just like in hotels, he just beat her, like, didn't give a shit. Didn't even hide it. Didn't even hide it, right. And I guess, especially back then, people were just like, oh, look the other way, it's none of our business. Oh, back then for sure. Yeah. So she becomes more and more miserable in her marriage and she starts drinking to numb her pain. Amen, sister. Her agent, yeah. I would have started at 12. (laughs) Yeah. I'm surprised she didn't. Maybe she did. Her agent, Ruth Bowen, later said she had a habit of getting loaded before a performance. In no way did that help her singing. Aretha was a, it, big on denial. She didn't want to hear that she had a drinking problem. It didn't matter how many falls she suffered, how many tickets she got, how many subpar performances she gave. Due to inebriation, her talent protected her. Even drunk, she could sing better than 99 of 100 singers. Oh, absolutely. Most people couldn't tell anything was wrong. I mean, that's... She'd be falling down drunk and still be able to pull off No, she probably... Because she would always wear heels. I do remember that. And so people would be like... Well, I think I remember that correctly. Um, and people would probably be like, oh, she just slipped in her heel or whatever. Right, yeah. yeah. So she was very good at hiding it, which... Everyone says to me if through. I fall, oh, that bitch is drunk. I know. Everyone judges Cut me. Cut her off! I hate that when you like drop something. I was dancing. And I'm like, I swear to God, I'm not drunk. And I was, I was at a wedding this weekend, and I was dancing, and I hit like people had drinks in their hand as usual, and I hit, and I was in a little pair of like kitten heels, so they were like not really high, and I slipped, and I literally started doing the splits, and I was like, oh god, oh god, oh god, and I was halfway down, and I just looked up. Oh my god! I just looked up at Casey's friend Jake, and I'm like, help! And he grabbed me. If he was not there, I would have been 
It would have been oh, ugly man, because I would have so fallen funny. over and I had a dress on. It wouldn't have been pretty. That's so funny. Yeah. But I wasn't drunk. I just slipped. Yeah, I'm sure. She just slipped, guys. Just Don't slip. judge her. Just a slip. She's never drunk. Just a slip. <laughs> <laughs> Aretha never wanted anyone to know about her tough childhood or her troubled marriage. Like, you know, back then it was like... Uh, yeah, hush-hush. Hush. Absolutely. Yeah. She didn't want people to see her as a battered woman. She just wanted to be known for her for singing the blues. And she could. She could. By 1968, she was considered a symbol of black pride and soul music. Her songs, Respect, You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman. Can you sing that one for me? You make me feel, you make me feel like a natural woman. <laughs> Good job. You know what that song reminds me of? What? The Big Chill, that movie. Greatest movie. I don't think I've seen that. Probably. It was probably before you were born, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, young, gifted, what and What you black. done to me? <laughs> Sorry. Now you got it in my head. <laughs> That's a good song. That's like one of those that comes on when you're driving and you have to like oh, sing it. Blare it. <laughs> yeah. Blare it like as loud as you possibly and can. Respect is the same thing. Yeah. Even oh, though absolutely. I mean those were in nineteen sixty eight, those I mean, you know, my generation still knows those songs. Oh yeah. They'll never go they'll right. never go away. They are definitely they're like played at every wedding. They're played yeah. Oh yeah. yeah Always. They're amazing. So her songs are <laughs> <R-E-F-B-C-T. laughs> That's my favorite. me. I don't remember the next line. I went to say it, but I forgot it. Okay. I can't remember now. Oh my gosh. Sorry. Thanks for ruining my whole story. I'll shut up. I'll shut up. So her songs became anthems reflecting the growing militancy of African Americans and challenging racial oppression. Work. Aretha was very involved in civil rights, and at one point she went on an 11 city tour with Dr. Martin Luther King and wow. Harry Belafonte Ooh. for free to help Reverend Jesse Jackson raise money for his campaign. How long has Jesse Jackson been around? He's been around a long time. She offered to post bail for revolutionary activist and scholar Angela Davis in 1970. After Davis, a member of the Communist Party was accused of assisting in a courtroom takeover that ended in four deaths. She said, Angela Davis must go free. Black people will be free. I've been locked up for disturbing the peace in Detroit, and I know you got to disturb the peace when you can't get no peace. Jail is hell to be in. I'm going to see her free if there is any justice in our courts. Not because I believe in communism, but because she's a black woman and what she wants freedom for black people. I have the money. I got it from black people. They've made me financially able to have it. And I want to use it in ways to help our people. I know she's amazing. I mean, yeah. all the things she went through and she's just thinking about other people, you know. I feel like I watched, I feel like there was a documentary about her that was really famous. Uh, I think there was. And I think that's where a lot of this information comes okay. from. Okay. Okay. Where a lot of these quotes. And she had a book. Okay. okay. I feel like, yeah. On Sunday, June 10th, 1979, Aretha's Frank... Aretha's Franklin? <laughs> Aretha's father was shot twice at point-blank range in what would what was reported to have been an attempted robbery in his home. He remained in a coma for the next five years, and the Franklin children moved him back to, the, to his house six months after the shooting, where he received 24-hour nursing care. He died on July 27th, 1984, at the age of 69. Wow, the fact that they took care of him... I know. I, mean, I would have been like, mm, sorry... You're going that's to nursing. just the old style, you know? It's yeah, no, just, it is. It's like you stand by, yeah. not stand by your man, but stand by your parents and, yeah, yeah. like, obey. Take, and yeah. Right. Take care of your family no matter what. Now you'd be like, I'm sorry, you're toxic. Yeah. <laughs> you got a 12-year-old pregnant? Oh, God. It's so disgusting. Can you imagine finding that out about your father? Oh, no, not my father, no. Not your father, yeah, no. Yeah, but no, I well, mean, it's just... mine. Oh, God. 
God. <laughs> He's not so great. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> Franklin had many honors bestowed upon her, such as singing at the inauguration of three U.S. presidents, including my favorite person in the world, Barack Obama. Obama. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought she sang at his. Yeah, it was. What did, who did you just mouth? I did. I said, oh, I said, I Obama. Said Trump. <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> You're a bitch. <laughs> oh, my God. Could you imagine? No, more people would have shown up if she was singing at his inauguration. <laughs> the, the crowds were huge. They were huge. <laughs> Biggest crowds ever. Biggest crowds ever. <laughs> she, she was the first woman inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1987. Wow. Wow. In 1987, the first woman? Yeah. That's nuts. And she's black. I mean. What the hell? Yeah, I know. What about Loretta Lynn, for shit's sake? I mean, damn. holy crap. What about all the. Oh, my God. Don't even get me started. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I can't, I can't mm. do anything about that, Len. Well, we're going to have to figure out a way to change that. Her song, Respect, was described as an anthem for the civil rights mu- movement. And in February of 1968, Martin Luther King Jr. presented her with an honorary award from the Southern Christian Leadership Conference. She sang at his funeral two months later. Mm-hmm. Over her career, she w- she won 17 Grammys. And oh, my had God. 20 number one R&B hits. That doesn't surprise me at all. While her last big hit was A Rose is Still a Rose, produced by Lauren Hill. Oh, wow. I know. I didn't know that. Wow. I that gave that. me chills was, a little bit. I know. <laughs> that's really cool by Lauren Hill. In that's, 1998. That's amazing. Oh, I guess 1998 was a long Could time you ago, imagine Lauren Hill, though, working with her? Like, how, like... Amazing that must have been, I been her. A, like, I would have been a mess. Like, just so right. nervous or whatever. I mean, probably not Lauren Hill, because she's, like, used to being under pressure and stuff. But, oh, like, I'm sure what for a, even her, it was... What an honor. Right. Holy crud. She continued to be a significant presence in the music industry in the African-American community. Aretha Louise Franklin died in Detroit, Michigan, of pancreatic cancer on mm-hmm. August 16th, 2018. She was 76. Wow. That's Isn't that amazing to know about her life? That's so... It's well, you I know, didn't know anything about when her. When you started talking about it, I started thinking, I remember the movie... What was the movie with um, with her? What I feel like it was her and two other... What, weren't they in like a... Wasn't there a three... Weren't there... It was like, no, that was Diana Ross. That's who I'm thinking about. Diana oh. Ross. And her... The movie about her and her husband that beat her. Um, that's who I was thinking about. Oh, I was thinking about I Diana think Ross. I know what you're talking about. I don't remember the movie. But. Because, yeah, it, it showed how her husband... Husband, I can't remember his name right now, but it it was like that same era, right? Yeah. Diana Ross is a little bit younger is than she? her. Yeah, I think so. But she it's that grew same up in era. the same neighborhood, Diana Ross did, oh, wow. and Jackie Wilson. Wow. Yeah, I think that movie I'm thinking about was Diana Ross. Yeah, and she was married um, a few more times, but there wasn't a lot of information on those. Oh my I think goodness, it's so sad. I know. I mean, what a tough fucking life. Mm, yuck. Yeah, her parents didn't even give her a chance. That's just so messed up. It's absolutely messed up. But she she uh, turned her life around for sure. And I don't know. I was going to look into the child. What happened with her children? If mm-hmm. she ended up raising them, or if they yeah. were like fully raised by her grandmother. But um, I mean, how do you yeah. raise kids when you're quite literally a child yourself? Right. I mean, thir- she was twelve and fourteen when she oh had them. Oh my god! Like, did she? Do you know if she had any other kids? Like, at I think a normal those are the age? only two she had. Oh my goodness! She probably like took out her. I would have. I mean, I just can't. I mean, because she was being obviously she was being abused, so right. she doesn't want to keep having kids. I mean, oh and there was Lord. probably nothing she could do about it. She just had yeah. to accept it. Back then. Oh, absolutely. There was no one protecting her. Right. That's I mean, just what so she disgusting. Tell her father, he's going to be like. And the fact that you know, so he wasn't the one doing it. The fact that she had a father in her life was notable, but at the same time, it was. 
disgusting. Right. Like the things he put her through. Right. It's just and, and the those fact, are the things we know about. Yeah. I mean, obviously, there's so much more yeah, we don't. Right. And she also had um, a few sisters. See, so, and that's and they were also singers. And what, they, oh, were they? They were backup singers for her sometimes. Was her grandmother her father's mother? Or her mother's mother? Do you know? It was her paternal grandmother. So her father's yeah. mother. So his. And so then, you know, did she know that getting the kids out of there was the best thing? Who knows? I don't know. I just like my mind goes down these rabbit holes of like, did she say, yeah, we need to get them out of there? I mean, she could have been pretty young considering her grandmother was 12. Yeah. I mean, who knows how old the grandmother was? Right. But still. Not that she should raise. Not raising any grandkids. Great grandchildren. Oh, my God. That's not even her. That's her great grandchildren she was raising. Yeah, it was her great. Right. Because it was her grandmother. That's crazy. Oh, my Lord. What's going to happen to you? Night your tongue, girl. All right. Do we need to go refresh our drinks before we do your story? I think we do, Rose. I think we do. We'll be back. We're back. We're back. We refresh our drinks. We have a new cocktail. It's the same thing, right? Same thing. New ice. <laughs> <laughs> new liquor. Yeah, new like liquor. Liquor. I hardly even know her. <laughs> <laughs> I can't not say that when somebody says liquor. I know, I know, I know. Liquor in the front, book, liquor in the back. Okay, so. <laughs> You're disgusting. <laughs> I'm like a 13-year-old boy. I'm like so gross. Anyway, um, so I am doing Norma Jean Baker. You're going to do her right here? I'm going to do her right here on the bed. Get the camera out. <laughs> Norma Jean. She, she was actually born Norma Jean Morin, Mortensen. I couldn't say that word for a second, that name. So anyway, do you know who Norma Jean Baker is? It sounds familiar. Is that... Goodbye, Norma Jean. That's why I know it. What song is that? That's Goodbye, Yellow Brick Road by Elton John. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know who it is? No, I don't. Marilyn Monroe. Oh, that's right. Yes. I didn't know that. Yes, yes. So that's who you're doing, Marilyn? Yes, I oh. am. On July 1st, 1926, Norma Jean Mortensen is born at Los Angeles General Hospital to Gladys Pearl Monroe Baker. Sadly, her mother was hospitalized for mental issues. The issues were so debilitating for her mother that it caused her mother to spend nearly the rest of her life going in and out of mental institutions, and her father was absent throughout her life. At 12 days old, Gladys left Norma Jean with her mother's neighbor. So, with um, Norma Jean's grandmother's neighbor. Her name was Ida Bolander, and soon after, her grandmother was also committed to a hospital for mental disturbances. So now her mother and her grandmother yeah. are both in the hospital. Fears, fears of growing mad like her grandmother and mother would haunt her throughout her entire life. Do you remember, hold on, on Small Town Murder, the cheer up bitch? Mm-mm. Oh my god, you don't remember that? When they uh-uh. were like discussing a, um, like back in the day, some woman was like, you know, had probably postpartum depression or something, and they were like, oh, cheer up. You know, they used to just tell him, cheer up, bitch. Oh. Oh my god, it's so funny. I don't <laughs> no. remember what episode that was. Oh my god, That's no. what I always think about when you're like, talk about somebody with mental health issues back it, in the day. Cheer up, bitch. Cheer up, bitch. <laughs> That's all it takes. That's all it takes. <laughs> So, Norma Jean's grandmother died at the age of 51, and Ida couldn't care for her anymore. So, at age nine, she was sent to an orphanage. Before Norma Jean was born, her mother, Gladys, had already given birth to two other children with another man. However, Norma didn't know about the two other children until she was 12 years old. Um, Robert Kermit Baker and his sister Bernice Baker, eventually Miracle, were Gladys's children from her first marriage to Jasper Newton Baker. When Gladys, pardon? Kermit. Kermit, yeah. Kermit. Anyway, when Gladys has tried to end the relationship, due to Gladys's mental instability, he kidnapped the children and took them to Kentucky. He's like, I'm not leaving my kids with you. Yeah. And Gladys was her mom? 
Yes. Okay. Yes. So Marilyn's half, or Norma Jean, Marilyn, whoever you want to, however you want to say it, um, her half brother, also known as Robert Jasper or Jackie or Kermit, he had a lot of nicknames. Oh my goodness. Was born eight and a half years prior to Norma Jean. Not much known about. There's not much known about Jackie, her brother, but records show that he had an equally tragic life to her. When he was three years old, his parents were arguing while driving a convertible, and Robert fell from the car, injuring his hip. His leg never recovered, and he would walk with a limp for the remainder of his life. So apparently he Oh my god. They put a cast on him and he was and he was only 3 and I guess they left the cast on too long so his one leg didn't grow so he ended up having one leg shorter oh than the god. other. Oh my god, how long did they leave it on? I don't know. I don't know. It's so and sad. And he fell from a convertible? Like, yeah, so they must have like whipped the car and he went flying out because nobody wore seatbelts back oh then. Oh my god. It was so sad. Um, there was also an incident at a 4th of July party where he took a firecracker and put it into a Coke bottle which then exploded causing him to lose his right eye. Oh my gosh, poor this kid. Poor kid. I mean, this just sounds awful. In August, on August 16th, 1933, uh, Jackie died at age 15 of kidney failure as a result of tuberculosis. At 15? At age, at his, when he was 15. At 16, Norma Jean escaped the foster home system and married neighbor and former football jock in high school named James Daughtry. Spring of 1944, James, who was called Jim, was in the military and was sent overseas. So Norma Jean began working in an assembly line at the Radio Plane Company building military drones. I was shocked. They built drones back then. They had actual drones yeah, back then. Right. And they were like... What year was this? 1944. So they built yeah, drones back then. Isn't that nuts? I had no idea. Um, so, so Norma Jean was photographed for a promotional piece on women in the war effort. Due to her natural be- beauty, the photograph received attention from modeling agencies. Oh, wow. On January 1945... She quit her job at Radio Plane to model full-time for, guess how much an hour? 25 cents. No, Rose. It was 1945, <laughs> oh, no. not, not um, 1845. $5. $5 an hour. Oh, bing, really? bing, bing, you're right. Oh, I'm so smart. In July of 1946, Norma Jean was 20 years old and was convinced to change her real name by Ben Lyon, the head of a new talent at Fox the head of new talent at Fox Studios. The name Marilyn, Marilyn was chosen because he said to her, you are to me a Marilyn, which is based off of a woman named Marilyn Miller he knew of that starred many musicals in New York. That's much better than Norma Jean. Yeah. I didn't realize that her name was Norma Jean and that's why he, Elton John made that song. Yeah. Goodbye Norma Jean. It was like, so yeah. I, and I always also thought that's Candle in the Wind or is yeah. that a different song? That's, that's, um, Goodbye, Yellow... I think it's the that same one. No, it's Goodbye, Yellow Brick Road is the name of the... Oh. I think. No, because then he sang the same song. He changed the words for Diana. Yeah, that's uh, what Princess I always thought it was for Diana. No, so he changed it. Goodbye, something Rose. What was it? Goodbye, something Rose. I don't remember. Yellow, I don't remember. I love he, that song. He changed the song for Princess Diana and sang it at her funeral. Changed the words. Okay, so the name Marilyn was chosen from a New York actress... That was on. That was in musicals on Broadway. Then she asked if she could use her grandmother's last name, Monroe, and that's how Marilyn Monroe came to being. She began dyeing her brown hair to her iconic blonde. Oh, so she didn't even have blonde hair. No, she had brown, brown wavy wow. hair. Isn't that funny? Yeah. September 1946, she and Jim divorced. Within a year, Marilyn's contract with Fox Studios is dropped. March 1948, Marilyn signs with Columbia Pictures and was cast in a musical, Ladies of the Chorus. She was released just after one picture. 
They were like, bye. Are you serious? Yeah. She didn't do so well. December 31st, 1948, Marilyn met Johnny Hyde. He was much older at a New Year's Eve party. Hyde falls madly in love with Marilyn, and his connections helped her land two very small but important film roles, In the Asphalt Jungle and All About Eve, which was an Academy Award winner. Johnny Hyde was a super agent, a super agent, like massive agent, not super isn't great. A super agent. <laughs> who she was, I was thinking like superhero. Right. Who she, a super agent. Yeah, he wore a cape. <laughs> who she was seeing romantically and who was also her agent. She credited him throughout her life with building her career and jump-starting her path to fame. Hyde, are, you, are your eyes hurting? My eyes, my contacts get so blurry when I'm trying to read something like this because I don't blink enough and I'm like, oh. yeah, so I'm having a hard time reading. Good. Go figure. I feel like I need like like 22 size font. <laughs> I think you can do that on the iPad. Maybe I'll get a Coke bottle, bottom glasses. <laughs> Hyde loved Marilyn so much that he wanted to marry her after he had his first heart attack. So that when he died, she'd be covered financially. She declined because she just wasn't in love with him. Oh my God, you know who this sounds like? I just listened to, I think I listened to a podcast about, um, oh my God, what's her name? Anna, not Anna. Oh my God, what is her name? Who? The The model. And she was in the Playboy Mansion. She was married to Hugh Hefner. Oh, 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 gosh. There was a, yeah. Um, I just listened to a podcast. I think it was a podcast what was her name? her. Oh, my gosh. Her name was just in my head. And then. Yeah, because she, people say that they remind, she reminded them of um, Marilyn Monroe. Right. Um, I know her life about, sounds can't very think, similar. Yes, very similar. I can't think It'll of her It'll come name. to me in a few minutes. Yeah, she was talking. a train wreck, man. Yeah, and she. There had, was a show about her or something I watched. She had a very shitty um, childhood. Yeah. Absolutely. So Johnny Hyde died of a heart attack, a bit shy of two years later after she met him. She attempted suicide for the first time. This was her known first attempt after Johnny Hyde died in December of 1950. In May of 1949, Marilyn found herself struggling to pay her bills, so she agreed to pose nude for a calendar. The photos were used three and a half later to launch the publisher Hugh Hefner's new magazine for men. Oh my God, yeah. It's Anna Nicole Smith. That's that's right. That's right. Okay. Doesn't it sound so much like her? Yeah, it does. It absolutely does. She had a small nose job done in 1950. The surgery left her nose, lifted a notch, and some cartilage was placed in her jaw to make her chin align a little bit stronger. Oh, wow. I I never knew she had surgery. March 1952, she became increasingly popular. She goes on a date with a newly retired baseball legend, Joe DiMaggio. In April 1952, she gets her first Life magazine cover, which that's, I mean, that has to be huge for her. January 21st, 1953. I'm looking at pictures of her. She is very gorgeous. She's stunning. Niagara premieres, which is a movie she was playing. Marilyn's turn as Rose, the sultry and murderous wife of the hapless George Loomis, who is played by Joseph Cotton, is her breathtaking performance. December 1953, Marilyn's on the cover of the first edition of... Playboy magazine. Marilyn Monroe is Playboy's first centerfold. Oh, less wow. than a month after she marries Joe DiMaggio. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't was know a... she was married to Joe DiMaggio either. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he really loved her. So February 1954, as a newlywed, she went on a trip to Japan. She took a detour to Korea to entertain the troops. She performed 10 shows in four days in front of audience total, audiences that totaled more than 100,000 soldiers and Marines. Can, can you imagine, imagine how exhausted she was? And can you imagine how excited they were to see her i mean she is like the ultimate like american with the blonde and you know voluptuous and oh my god they had to all be like oh 
uh, like but paralyzed. But shows in four days? That's nuts. Like those USO shows, so like they're, they go, like they go, go, go. I mean, I've seen those like shows no on them. Breaks. Yeah, that's nuts. September 1954, Joe DiMaggio, extremely upset by the circumstances, stands beside his wife as she films the famous skirt blowing scene oh. from the seven year itch before hundreds of spectators. He was not happy. I was wondering if you were going to talk about that. Yeah, it was in Midtown Manhattan. Sadly, Marilyn and Joe DiMaggio separated after after less than a year of marriage. Soon after, Marilyn left Hollywood for New York. He did not like it. And I get, I mean, back at, especially back in that day, I'm sure he was not excited about that. You whore. Yeah. February 1955, Marilyn enrolls in the actor's studio run by Lee Strasberg. She says, my illusions didn't have anything to do with being a fine actress. I knew how third rate I was. I could actually feel my lack of talent as if it were if it, as if it were cheap clothes I was wearing inside. But my God, how I wanted to learn to change, to improve. She had a strong desire to be taken as a more serious actress. She um, she worked with actors, actor acting coaches. At, oh, my heavens. Coaches. Heaven. coaches. <laughs> she worked with she worked with actors coaches throughout her career to improve the to be the best actor she could be in june 29 1956 at 30 years old Marilyn converts to judaism and marries playwright arthur miller becoming Marilyn miller this is her third husband at this oh, wow. point at 30 years old her film career is starting to blossom in 1958 Marilyn returns to hollywood to make make the comedy some like it hot Marilyn's tardiness failure to recall lines and constant scene retakes exhaust the cast and the crew but oh she's my god that's how i feel podcasting with Lynn. <laughs> i am not tardy bitch i might be thirsty but i'm not tardy Ugh. so she still delivers a noteworthy performance she goes on to win the golden globe award for the best actress in 1959 are so you kidding me no this movie um some like it hot was supposed to be like one of her best movies so she became pregnant when she was married to arthur miller and lost the baby six weeks into oh, the no. pregnancy because it was a tubal pregnancy she i had, had one of those oh did you yeah they right thought i had Lily. they thought i had one but i but it wasn't thank it's god really scary. it's scary very dangerous yeah yeah but you know with the new laws in some states they can't do anything about that i mean I so you just die yeah right you just wait for your fallopian tube fallopian to burst tube to burst and yeah instead of being then, able to but that's fine because you're not you know well because the baby has zero chance of living in your in right. your fallopian tube no. so but you don't, don't want to abort right. it i'm gonna get case. off my high horse because i could go on about this for hours <laughs> So she attempted suicide again the months after she lost the pregnancy. Arthur Miller found her and had she had taken too many barbiturates. He called a doctor who promptly came and pumped her stomach. It was stated that Miller it was stated that Miller would end up saving her from suicide three times. Oh wow. And so she's suffering the same mental illness that her mother and grandmother had. Right. And back then I guess it just like antidepressants weren't a thing and you know, everyone was just like, Oh, just like push pills on yeah, people. Right. right. Instead of like dealing with stuff and going to therapy. She became pregnant with pregnant with Miller's child again and lost that baby too. Oh she was gosh. pregnant with that baby during the filming of Some Like It Hot. January 1961, Marilyn and Arthur are divorced and Marilyn checks into a New York psychiatric clinic. In March, on March 5th of 1962, Marilyn wins the World Film Favorite at the Golden Globes Awards. Wow. She was notorious for always being late. So late, she would often have her own special shooting schedule on many films. You know, I can't even imagine the crew not being like ready to just like freak out. Well, they out. should just tell her like with um, someone in my family, we sometimes will be like, "Okay, we're gonna eat dinner. 
Actually, it used to be Christina, but we're going to eat dinner, like, you know, at one o'clock, but we're really not eating until two o'clock. Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> they show up on time. Yeah. Once she became... Christina six- won't listen to this because she doesn't know how to do podcasts, so... I'll teach her. <laughs> I can I can talk about her all I want. All you want. There you go. Yana will tell her. We'll get, Yana probably doesn't know how to listen to him either. Yeah, right. we'll, we'll have to teach Yana as well. She became successful. Her, became, her behavior at work became very erratic. Um, she would cause everyone else to wait around for her. The directors work with she worked with never knew when or even if she would show up. So they would shoot around her. One of the main reasons for her always being late was because of her emotional states. So she was having like a breakdown or something. Right. It's just so That's sad. Really sad. It is. It's absolutely sad. May of 1962, Marilyn was sewn into a see-through sequin dress, slips off her fur coat on stage, and performs a breathy rendition of Happy Birthday to you <laughs> happy oh, birthday to be thankful you're not you. here right now everyone <laughs> Singing the <laughs> for President John F. Kennedy at New York's Madison Square Garden. So she walked on stage, just dropped her little feather co- or feather, I, her fur coat, and sang that. I think I remember that. It's like iconic. Yeah. And so I want to touch base a little bit. I want to back up here and talk about her sewn into sequin see-through dress. Okay, I want to talk about that because that's the dress that was worn by Kim Kardashian. Oh. I'm not trying to throw like, shade at people, stretched it, stretched but. It out. Ripley's, believe it or not, owned that dress. Marilyn Monroe was had like an amazing body. Yeah. She definitely went up and down in her weight, probably based on the fact that she was taking drugs. Right. And she, I think she was like, honestly, like average size 12 or 14. Like she was not a little girl. Right. Or a little girl. She was not a, a super thin, like anorexic like model. But she definitely had like a curvy body. And so she was sewn into that dress. And it was probably when she was the thinnest she was in her life, as I had read something about it after Kim Kardashian wore it. And so Kim Kardashian got in it and her big ass booty and like pulled on the dress. And, you know, I think for Kim Kardashian, this is my opinion, everybody, just my opinion. It was an honor for her to wear it. It was probably exciting to wear it. I would be excited if somebody said, will you wear this? But Ripley's Believe It or Not was absolutely 100% irresponsible by causing any kind of harm to that dress by putting somebody right, else in yeah, it. Like, yeah. it just completely compromised the integrity of that dress by putting somebody else in it because it was sewn on her. It was made only for her body. Yeah, right. And it just, it, right. I think it was Nobody really... Nobody else could wear it. Yeah, like, they just want the notoriety right. and the money yeah. and whatever. It's just ridiculous. So, speaking of Kim Kardashian... Oh no! I've al- I've always disliked the Kardashians. Like I can't stand the whole the whole thing. The alpha show. But because people in other countries, Rose, you understand that people in other countries think that's how we all live here. Right. But yeah. <laughs> but I did a Peloton tread workout the other day with Kim Kardashian and Ashton Kutcher. 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 Yeah. And um, one Robin, one of the. Um, Peloton instructors. And so apparently Ashton and Kim became friends kind of during the pandemic. Uh Uh-huh. And Kim is, I mean, it actually made me like her. Like, it it really changed my opinion about her. So she was... I feel like she was, like, being, like... No, genuine and about, honest about the things like she doesn't talk about the things that she actually does behind the scenes yeah after the taliban took over afghanistan she was 
part of getting the Afghani women's soccer team out of Afghanistan because they would have been... Oh, wow. They probably would have been killed. Yeah. Because women shouldn't play soccer. Oh, you know of course what I mean? not. Of course and not. And their families. She was a big part of that. And well, I mean, I definitely, like, I definitely have seen her do good and stuff like that, but I just feel like, I don't know, is it is it their mother that, like, is doing everything for show and for money? I don't know. But I think, like, of all the sisters, that she's the one doing, like... And See, I think Chloe does a lot of stuff, too, though. I think she? Chloe does a lot of... Uh, Chloe's probably my favorite. I used to love watching their but show, I, but I think Chloe's see, my favorite. I have issues with Chloe. Oh. But I don't know anyone. <laughs> I'm like, oh. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, I just, like, here's the thing. Here's what bothers me the most about them. I think that, having known, so when Chris and Brandon were living in Africa, and they were there, and they... Chris and Brandon? Oh, my son and his... <laughs> My, my son, Chris, and my honorary son, Brandon, um, when they were living in Africa for a little while, Brandon was a, a, a fellow. He was a um, well, oh Fulbright scholar. That's what he was. Oh, oh okay. God. Thank God. I was like, if I forget this, Brandon, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. <laughs> so he was doing um, helping LGBTQ community because it's, it's illegal to be gay in Africa okay. in parts of I think all of Africa parts of Africa at least and so he was trying to help them get like medical care and 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 also to get tested for STDs because if you have an STD it's like a stigma of being gay and then you can be killed oh. for being gay so obviously people aren't doing. going to get checked yeah so he was helping with all that kind of stuff and so I know he's gonna be like Lynn that's not what I was doing but I think that's what he was doing so <laughs> Yeah, so when they were there, he, I mean, he had to pretend he wasn't gay. And so he had a whole pretend life of the fact that he was like, you know, he had a wife and he had his wife's brother's name and he had like this whole story that he made up. Yeah, because women would throw themselves at him and he's like, I am nothing, no attraction to you. But they would throw themselves at him because they want him to take them back to the United States where everyone lives like the Kardashians. It's, it's, and it's sad. I mean, I live like them, but uh, you don't, unfortunately. You do have the big booty. (laughs) (laughs) But that was from exercise. That's not from, that's not from injections. But no, I definitely think that it's sad that other people, people in other countries definitely think we live like that. And it's ridiculous. Yeah, it is. They need to watch more like, we need to have real reality TV. Anyway, we do. We have Naked and Afraid. That's really what we're living like. Yeah, that pretty much is. <laughs> Remember Yana made us watch that yeah. when we were, our friend Yana made us watch that when we were on our girls' trip. We watched it the whole weekend, like it, one it episode after really another. Good. It was funny. It was like yeah. mindless, just laying there, drinking. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I'm going to get back to my um, Marilyn. Oh, then were we talking about something? We were talking about something. Squirrel! <laughs> so, so we talked about the gown she was sewn into when she sang, Happy Birthday to you <laughs> okay so author james spada beta said he wrote a book about her it was pretty clear that marilyn this is a totally different topic had sexual relations with bobby and jack so i looked into her the infamous affair that she had with jfk So author James Spada says that it was very clear that she had sexual relations with both Bobby and Jack brothers. Um, Donald Spada's 1993 Marilyn in his Marilyn Monroe, the biography um, via Esquire claimed that only four encounters between Monroe and JFK are confirmed. I'm sorry, confirmed to have taken place. Uh, Between October 1961 and August of 1962, the month of her death. Um, In the Netflix documentary, The Mystery of Marilyn Monroe, the unheard tapes 
Monroe's housekeeper, Eunice Murray, claimed that the Kennedys were a very important part of Marilyn's life. Marilyn Monroe's relationship with them is said to have been strained leading up to her death. However, Murray alleged that Robert F. Kennedy was at the actress's house the day she died. According to the documentary, RFK had done had gone there to end the relationship. So on August 5th, 1962, Marilyn Monroe is found dead in her Brentwood home of apparent barbiturate overdose. Exactly 35 years and one day after her grandmother died of suicide. Her mother, Gladys, was hospitalized in Rock Haven, an upscale sanitarium in California after Marilyn died. Gladys was a devoted, this is her mother, was a devoted, if not obsessive, Christian scientist. What's that mean? I wonder if that's like Scientology or something. I don't know what a Christian scientist is. I feel like it must be Scientology. I feel like that's like a double negative. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Right, right. When asked about her famous daughter, Gladys reported, I've never heard of Marilyn Monroe. It's just so sad. So on August 8th, 1962, arranged by Joe DiMaggio, her sweet husband. Marilyn's small funeral is held in Westwood Memorial Park in Los Angeles. DiMaggio has red roses brought to Marilyn's wall crypt three times weekly for the rest for the next 20 years. That's nuts. Wow. Marilyn's troubled private private life life received much attention. She struggled with addiction and mood disorders. She was an American actress, comedian, singer, and model. She became one of the world's most enduring iconic figures and is figures and is remembered both for her charming embodiment of the Hollywood sex symbol in the 50s and early 60s and her tragic personal and professional struggles within the film industry. She was an emblem of the era's sexual revolution. Her life and death are still the subject of much controversy and speculation. So a couple of bit a bit of information I couldn't really fit into what I had written but I just thought it was I really wanted to share it. Um, Just tidbits of information in the late 40s Actor Sherry Shelley Winters. Do you know who Shelley Winters is? No. From Cheers. Did you ever watch Cheers? I know there's like a bar. Yeah. Oh Jesus Christ. Shelley Winters was also in. Oh, she was in so many things. My young cat. I don't know. You you'll know her if you saw her. She shared an apartment with Marilyn Monroe, and in her autobiography, Shelley Winters claimed that Monroe had hinted about having an affair with Albert Einstein. Oh really? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Like I I was like what? That's so weird. I looked up a woman like. When I was looking for a story, and I found the woman that was married to Albert Einstein. Oh, that's crazy. Maybe it was her. No, she no, wasn't she married to him. No, she was, she like toyed with Shelley Winters about having an affair. And if you look up Shelley Winters, you'll know exactly who she is. Um, Marilyn Monroe's mother had a picture. She never knew who her father was, right? He was never a part right, of her life. Right. But her mother had a picture of a man she once dated on her wall. He had a thin mustache, like Clark Gable. You don't know who he is either, do you? No. Oh, is that Jesus. Superman? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I think that's Clark Kent. Clark, oh, you're right. Clark Gable was a famous actor. I said yes. He was like, anyway. Monroe <laughs> remembered um, that that picture, and she asked her mother what his name was, and her mother would never tell her. So she went to see a movie in 1935 called The China Seas, and it was starring Gable and Jean Harlow. And from that point onward, she just knew that her father was Clark Gable. Oh, really? Yeah, he was. So she weird, told people that he was her just, father. You could just do like a DNA test, right? Find you took out. a DNA test, You're found 100%. out. I'm a hundred percent Clark Gable's little girl. <laughs> anyway, so um, then another tidbit of information to avoid being recognized in public, because you can imagine the what she went through. Monroe adopted an alter ego called Zelda Zonk. 
(laughs) by wearing a dark wig and sunglasses. She became a normal person, she said in quotes, during that, um, while she was dressed up as Zonk, which I think is really funny. funny. Her sultry, this is kind of cool. You know me, I love lipstick. Her sultry red lipstick was, according to her makeup artist, a combination of many colors, but she prominently used Max Factor's Ruby Red, according to InStyle Magazine. Although you can't buy the color anymore in the United States, Max Max Factors, <laughs> Max Factors vibrant red shade is still available in Europe and on Amazon. So you can buy Marilyn oh, Monroe's really? iconic red lipstick. Yes. All right. Let me get on Amazon real quick. So there was a lot of controversy about, and I should have led into this a little bit better before, but a lot of controversy about her and JFK's affair and his brother. And there is just like all this like... And so because, she had an affair with him and his brother? Yeah. Yeah. And he was president and he was married to Jackie O. Oh my God, she was stunning. Why would he cheat on Jackie O? Beyond me. Anyway, but it was like very, it was very hidden, this affair that she had with him. So they say, they say... Quote, in, in, in quotes, a device the size of a grain of rice was embedded in her home so that others could eavesdrop on her, on her conversations, including ones that took place on the day she died. Vanity, Vanity Fair reported that Paris Theodore, an associate to an electronics consultant, heard a fight between Robert Kennedy and Marilyn Monroe the day of her death. Wow. Yeah, so, he, yeah. Maybe he killed her. Well, no, she died of an overdose for sure, but did mm-hmm. she die on purpose of an overdose? Did, yeah. like... Some of the goons that protect the president and his family, did some of them, like, force her to take it? Yeah. Did, like, her death is definitely still very controversial. There's is people, it really? There's people that definitely say she was murdered. Her sister wrote a book, a memoir about her and her half-sister, and she swears that she did not commit suicide. She's like, there's no way she would have. But, oh, I mean, wow. she did try and commit suicide, like, three times. So, yeah, it's, it's hard, hard to, to tell. Yeah, but they, she swears she didn't commit suicide. So, I don't know. Um, toward the end of her life, Frank Sinatra... One of her alleged lovers gave the actor a Maltese terrier puppy, which she cheeky named Mafia, or Moff for short, a nod to the singer's alleged mob ties. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. There was two po- photo- Polaroid photographs of Moff the puppy that went for more than $220,000 during, during a 1999 sale at Christie's Auction House. That's crazy. So this is my favorite. I, and I'm going to end with my favorite, like, rumor. It was rumored that she and Elvis had a one night stand while she was around 34 years old in the process of going in while she was going through a divorce. Her and Elvis? Her and Elvis. Apparently. Doesn't surprise me since she's. I mean, they were both stunning, right? And it was the same era. Yeah. So apparently he was like 10 years younger than her. So I read a lot about it because I was trying to get the I was trying to get the dirt for y'all. Um, so different people say different things. Like this one hotel manager said that she was in his room one night and that they both walked out of the room completely naked. Oh. Nobody else confirms that. Somebody else said that they met at a party in Palm Springs and they had a one night stand and he said she was too tall for him and she was also too young for him because I read this and I literally yelled out, Ew! When I read it, he dated when he was like 24, he was dating a 12 year old, another freaking pedophile. Like that was Elvis. And and her name was Priscilla. And I'm like, oh, that's creepy. Is that Priscilla Presley? Was she that young when she married these men? I have no idea. But he liked younger women and she was 10 years older than him. So it makes sense for their publicists to want them to get together because, my God, that would have just like blown up their popularity but she was too tall for him i.e probably too old for him because she he liked girls that were 
10 years younger, which is a sick motherfucker. People can love Elvis all they want, but when I found out that he had an affair with a 12-year-old, I'm sorry, I just want to vomit. That's disgusting. What the He f- is no king, in my opinion. Sorry. It's so funny, you know, all these people, like, from back in the day, you look at them and, and you don't, like, they're, they're these great, like, Id- like people idolize them and... and you look back and they're doing these horrible things. Yeah, like how in the hell are you going to idolize a person? People still idolize Elvis. Right. People dress up like him and pretend they're him. I didn't know he dated a 12-year-old. I think that... Or if, raped a 12-year-old, not. Yeah, exactly. I think, if I'm not mistaken, it was Priscilla Presley. Pr- well, Priscilla, his wife, he started dating her when she was like 12 or 13 and her mother allowed it. What in the I'm hell? I'm 99% sure. That's so weird. Or I'll say 90% because I'm not 99% sure. I mean, I guess back then it was just kind of normal, but no, it's still, not. It like, wasn't normal back then. It wasn't. But it's I think a child. I mean, I mean, a twelve-year-old then, like, that's so disgusting. Okay, so I just looked it up, and, and the internet's always correct. So it says they met Priscilla Presley and Elvis reportedly met in 1959 at a party in West Germany. How did the two Americans end up at a party in in Germany? Priscilla's stepfather, who was in the Air Force, was transferred to the base there. Elf was serving in the Army. How old was... Okay, here, how old? In 1963, Elvis asked 17-year-old Priscilla to move to Memphis so that they could get together properly. In 1963... So she was 17. He was 24. His first and only wife so in 1951 was serving in the older. military in Germany. He was 24 and she was 14. Ugh, gross. 14. I mean. And how old was he? 24. Oh, my God. That's disgusting. It's gross. But boys are so gross, y'all. You got to love them, but they're gross. Men. So that's my story about Marilyn Monroe, Norma Jean Baker. That was interesting. I didn't yeah. know anything about her. Yeah, I just thought it was cool. I was like going through, I was going to do it on somebody else. And then I, I don't even remember. I stumbled upon her. I was like, oh, I want to know more about her. So that's how I was with Aretha. Yeah, I and I'm really glad you did on Aretha because I think she's so cool. She is definitely a badass woman. There's no doubt in my mind. I mean, both of them to overcome like everything they did. But I just feel like just I feel like Marilyn Monroe was badass, but she was just struggled her entire life with mental issues. And, and, you know, at that time in her life, you just hid them and drugged them. And right. so instead right. of her having any chance at a normal life, she took drugs. And they, I'm sure doctors... her crazy. Yeah. I'm sure doctors gave her stuff to make her like, you know, Valium and stuff like that. Right. And then she would overdose on them yeah. because she... Ugh. It's just is so sad. I know. So no, so like, real medical treatment was being given to her. And so she, t- she was terrified her whole life of being like her mother and her grandmother. And then she ended up dying like that. Right. So it's... How old was she? Do you know? Do you remember? She was, she died in, she died, oh, here we go. She died in 1962, and she was born in 1926. Can you do that math for me, please? So she was 30. Lynn's counting on her fingers right now. Yeah, I totally am. I absolutely count. So 1926 to 19, what did I say? 62? 1962. To 1926. 36. She was 36. She was so young. Holy cow. So young. She was married to three men, three, four men. Three marriages by then. So sad. It's just so that sad. That is really sad because she never, she never had a chance with her mental health. Right, and I think it's so interesting that Joe DiMaggio is the one that did her planned her funeral and everything. Yeah. After all, well, yeah, I mean. The one guy she didn't marry, the one that was really wealthy, he died. I mean, the fact that Joe DiMaggio did that, like how he must have just still loved her so much. Yeah. And it's just so sad. It's, I mean, I guess he could afford it too. 
Whereas like maybe her like half sister at that point couldn't because it right. talked about how when she finally met her half sister and, you know, finding out that she had a brother, but then he died and she didn't even meet him. That had to be awful. Like, how sad is that? Yeah, right. That is very sad. So two very so tragic I know. Stories. One empowering, the other just sad. I mean, yeah. you know, Marilyn Monroe, like, she literally went from nothing to amazing stardom. And no shame at her for posing nude. She right. had the body to do it. Go, girl. She did. Um, I have... But both were, like, I mean, Aretha probably, you know, suffered. Oh, my God, yeah. Mental- Abs- absolutely. Sure greatly. Oh, my gosh. I mean, she was 12 years old and she was being raped by grown men. Of course right, she suffered. Exactly. It's disgusting. It's yeah. absolutely disgusting. Like, it's just not even, it's not even okay. And then it was just kind of a suck it up kind of a... Yeah. Yeah. And her dad was like, yeah, you're fine. Just come yeah, perform right. on the stage right. so we can, you know, get money. And then being ripped away from her children. For I'm the sure. church. Yeah. This is what I had. This is why I have a problem with churches. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah. But, yeah, it's... It's pretty sad. It's a sad situation. and But I think it's good information to share so people learn. And again, follow us. Make sure you give us five stars on every platform you follow us on. Do little comments on yes, why you love comments, us. Especially on Apple Podcasts. Yes. Only why you love us. And if you like, don't love us, sorry, don't follow us. And then, or still follow us, but just don't listen. <laughs> <laughs> and like our um, Instagram, Facebook. And Twitter. Twitter. Yes. No, no Ordinary, Ordinary Women, Women Pod. On, on Instagram, Instagram. And Facebook. And Facebook. And then on tw- on Twitter, we're No Ord, O-R-D, Women Pod. Somebody else had taken our on handle. So shout out to Rabia who um, was posting today that Adnan was officially um, exonerated, exonerated from was. the charges. That so is exciting. so exciting. Yeah. So we have to say for me and I think for you too, that was the podcast that got me hooked on podcasts. Yeah, cereal. So on cereal. So Even shout I don't out. Think Rabia likes cereal. Yeah, I know. Well, undisclosed was a close follow up. Yeah. But yeah, so that was shout out to Ad, Adnan Adnan. Adnan. I sound like <laughs> I sound like an old lady. Shout out to Adnan and Rabia. Rock on. Yeah, that's so awesome. proud of you guys. So thanks well, for listening, you guys. Yeah, listen Tune next in next week on Thursday. Next week, Thursday. Whoop, whoop. Thank you. Love you. Bye. Toodles. Bye.